Hey guys, we're back. Jacob, you can talk now. Okay. Thank you for the the permission to speak on the podcast. You're so welcome. Thank you. We're back. Blue collar unplugged. I don't know what episode this is, but Alabama got a new arena. Excitement is in the air in Tuscaloosa. Super exciting. Super exciting. Yeah. Uh, It is currently, what day is it? Wednesday? Thursday? It's Thursday. It's Thursday. Thursday. February 3rd. Time changed today at approximately like 347, I would say. I think whenever... The Casa Grande. No, who was the first to tweet? It was uh, somebody was. First I believe it was Casa Grande. I thought it was Casa Grande. Yeah, news broke today that Alabama, ha- Alabama's board of trustees has either will be approving tomorrow or already has approved the building of a new athletic competition arena for men's basketball, women's basketball, and gymnastics. Meaning, new hoops arena. New hoops. Really exciting. Uh, if you go on Twitter, you can see the uh, renders of the inside. Some of the really cool things about this uh, this facility is that it will hold 10,136 people and that there will be around 2,200 student seats. And here's the fun part. These student seats will wrap around three quarters of the court instead of just being one student section that goes straight up in the air essentially like auburn student section which i'm so fine with so thoughts about the arena i think it's in the perfect location too like right off of peter bryce it's the perfect location it's over by the softball stadium yeah yeah over in for people that don't know where peter bryce is correct road softball stadium like i think they're building it in like the parking lot next to it which is sick the renderings look beautiful. Um, the giant glass frame is absolutely beautiful. It's I've always wanted something like that. Uh, it looks a lot like Hinkle, so mm-hmm. I'm Hinkle. I'm excited. It, it's it's a beautiful yeah. concept. It it's done a couple things that I've always wanted with an Alabama basketball arena. One, it's finally moving students to the floor, and they weren't going to get rid of courtside seats, and we know that. But Alabama students are on top of the action. And like the the highest up student is going to be like ten rows up. The highest up student will be where like our students are now. Yeah, <laughs> like on like like five rows up now. So like all the way around on the two baselines and on one sideline, just a whole ring is just going to be all students. And then on the other side, you have uh, normal seats. And another thing that we finally have that I've always wanted is decks. And so with the decks, it's not just seats that are going straight up into the dark corners of the abyss that is Coleman Coliseum. The plane hangar. The, the airplane hangar. Now the, we have decks with seats on top of each other, which means it's going to be louder. The sound is all going to be right there on top of the court. Students are going to be able to make a huge impact. And the glass window is pretty cool. It's beautiful. It's pretty cool. Uh, the outside of it looks like hinkle a little bit it kind of looks like jacob you were saying it looks like lucas oil stadium yeah it's the new stadium the best way to describe it is it looks like a combination of lucas oil stadium hinkle field house and like the pavilion like that and the pavilion yeah it's a beautiful combination uh the renderings are stunning like i truly like i don't this is better than i think any of us could have imagined like it meets all the needs all the things that were wrong and rough about coleman uh well continuing to embrace the spirit of Alabama basketball and taking like new creativity and something credit to Greg Byrne and our athletic department is anytime we go and see something new and cool, we bring it back and do it better. So Hinkle, I'm so excited about it. We Alabama basketball once again takes on the blue bloods and of coaches teams and now stadiums. So really excited. Um, 
another thing is this is in an article from AL.com talking about the uh, the new arena. And it says there is no timetable for the completion of the project, but the projections in the board uh, in the board documents call for construction bids to begin in April 2023. So if that's the case, the the arena completion will probably be around 2025, 2026. That's Do you think it will take that long? I think it will. Um, that's what Christian Sykes says. Shout out to Christian Sykes. Follow him on Twitter. But that's I believe that's the timeline that we have currently. So you think I feel like it could be start? I feel like we could debut that arena. The 2025-26 season. I would hope so. And the bids... Maybe the 24-25 season. I think we go 24-25. If they I could, hope we do. Do you think they could build it in a year? I think so. I mean, I... Because if they start... We put up start, Hall in like three months. That's true. If they start in April of 23, then... And they build for a year. Or if like they bid in April 23, let's say they break ground June of 23 or something like that. And they build June of 23 to June of 24. It... You, if you have it done by November of 2024, then it's there for the 24-25 season, which would be our first year out of college. Right. So, I mean, if it's done by then, that'd be great. Also, I let, one thing that I think is really important about this is that um, it lets Nate Oates know that we're committed to upgrading facilities and putting money into basketball. Yeah. Because this arena is... Yeah. Uh, projected to cost $183 million. I'll loan them 20 right now to start construction tomorrow. Is that million or that's just dollars? dollars. Good. It's my contribution. No, that's a lot of that's money. That's going to get somebody moving. I, I think so. Yeah. I think it should. But it really shows Nate Oates that the administration can be committed to upgrading basketball the way it needs to be. Yeah. And I think that's going to be important to for him sticking around. Absolutely. Because let's say... Um, Matthew, let's say that like it's start, it's finished around the 2025, 26 season. So it's ready to start November of 2025. There's only like two years left on Oates contract then. Yep. And so if he's getting the new arena at the end of his contract, you could then extend him. For sure. I, we got to do everything. Alabama has to do everything in their power to keep Oates mm-hmm. at this point. You got to keep him. He's young. He's one of the best coaches in college basketball. I, you need to invest in Nate Oates. Mm-hmm. And, I think really Al- and I think by doing this, Alabama is proving that that's what they want to do. And they're investing $183 million into him. Exactly. Right, which is really good. That's such a good-looking picture. It's just amazing. It, it looks... Oh, my gosh. Like, the outside looks so cool. Y'all have got to look at this if you if you haven't yet. That's ver- just incredible. Verbal description. Cool stadium, period. Really cool. Extravagant. I think yeah. that's enough... Uh, that's enough arena talk for right now. Let's talk some uh, some actual basketball. We haven't talked in a minute about some actual basketball since the... Jo- we haven't talked since after the Georgia game. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Georgia pre-Baylor. So the next game was Baylor defending national champions coming inside Coleman Coliseum. That game was fun. It was that, a very fun game. That was one of the best atmospheres inside Coleman Coliseum that I have ever seen. Oh, absolutely. It was loud. The whiteout was amazing. It looked fantastic on TV. Just watching, yeah. from like, like I was at the game, but like I watched highlights of it. It looked great on TV. Mm-hmm. It looked a lot like the, the whiteout looked so good. Yep, students were rocking. They brought it. The fans actually brought it. Uh, there was a section, like the whole realm. I don't know what section. I think it's behind B, our bench, behind the home bench uh-huh. that did not sit down. No, they didn't sit the entire time. Like, the section to the left of me 
was uh, I don't know what I don't know what letter it is, but the, whatever section it's was like to the left of me, it was P, two sections Q. over from to the right from the student section. They were standing most the whole time. Yeah, like if they they finally realized what we had been saying on here is that like you need like they need you to be in the game more than just when something good's happening, and they realized that. And the fan and fans were great. Team played great. They did. Team played awesome. Uh, it was a great. What were, your, what were y'all's biggest takeaways from that game? I think that was the reemergence of Javon Quinterly. Um, Q had a great game. I, I Baylor couldn't stay in front of him. I, I that was really big for him and his confidence. You know, we, he talked about you know had the the mental health training that he went through um, in the prior days before that game. It helped him a lot. Uh, that was my biggest takeaway was getting that version of Javon Quinterly back. It did, and. One of my biggest things that we saw in that game was how effective Jawan Gary was. And when we're using him and he's not... Yeah, he's efficient. He was 7 for 8 from the floor. He had 15 points, if I remember correctly. And he's just a slasher. And he's an effective slasher. Like, he has a knack for knowing where the gaps are in the defense and being able to just cut through and find them. And he has teammates that are able to find him, which is really important. Yeah, he also... I, I feel like probably 11 of his 15 were... Put back layups. Oh yeah, yeah. It was either cutting to the basket wide open and yeah. someone finds him, or he finds a loose ball and just puts it up. Right. And he doesn't miss those either. That's the important no. thing is he doesn't miss his putbacks. He's incredibly efficient. Uh, again, that was what we said on. I believe we talked about it on the last podcast. I don't know if that was bloopers or live, but on the shot quality thing, like that's our highest percentage of like uh, point. Oh yeah, that was in the play. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was like one point three points per possession which that's that's great yeah that's really good wow yeah and then another thing that we saw was jd davison looked really good now he didn't look great the next game but if we're if we're just talking about the baylor game he looked he looked great He, he had a nice stroke from three he was aggressive going downhill which is exactly what we've all three of us have been saying that he needs to do it the the thing that impressed me the most with Alabama is that they were able to, like, you know how Auburn's able to switch in Kessler and, and Carville and not really skip a beat yep. and how dangerous that is down low? Alabama was able to do kind of the opposite of that. They were able to switch in JQ and Davison in and out and not skip a beat. So no matter which guard was in the game, they were both at full speed. They were both high energy and they were both able to attack downhill on Baylor's defense. I found out, Jacob, I think you might have found this stat out and told me that the 87 points that Alabama scored in regulation was the or in the game was the most points scored in regulation against Baylor in the last 4 years, is that right? Yeah, 4 years. I mean, that's that's nuts. Like that speaks to Baylor's like true just efficiency all the way through. Uh they are a very very solid team. Like they're sixteenth in defense on Ken Palm. Yeah, and I, That's I'm shocked good. they're that high up. I mean, they're they're not lower. Their defense is incredibly strong, uh, and obviously that's been the trend the past few years, and that's why they stayed the way that they did. Like the only time, see, Gonzaga didn't even hit eighty, and then I don't think anyone in the tournament touched seventy five. I know, yeah. I think Arkansas yeah. might have ended up with like seventy two, but again, like that was an incredible display uh, of shooting and of offense on our part and lockdown defense. I know like that 78 points is obviously still higher than we would want it to be, but whenever you're playing Baylor, you take what you can get. Uh, they ended up having a Kenjo back, uh, but LJ Cryer was out, so kind of a swap there. Yeah. Um, 
no asterisks in college basketball. It's no, we won. Deal with it. We won. It's a competitive <laughs> sport. Uh, it's unfortunate you didn't have your best player or what your leading scorer with twelve points a game. Whenever you have three other players no, averaging like eleven and twelve, so they'll get over it. Yeah, and also won the game. Yeah, they went out and bounced back. Actually, their game against West Virginia was rather close it was, on Monday. Yeah, it was really close for so a minute. They still there. won. They, they did, did win. People I are think saying that Alabama broke Baylor. I don't know. <laughs> I think that that win was really important just for the guys, like with with that schedule coming up. Like, the three-game stretch of Baylor-Auburn-Kentucky, I would go as far as to say that is the hardest three-game regular season stretch in the history of college basketball. I wouldn't doubt it. Like, number four, defending national champion Baylor, on the road at number one, Auburn, and then back home against number five, Kentucky. Like, most teams are lucky to play one top-five team the entire season, and this is Alabama's... Fourth, Kentucky will be Alabama's fourth, third in a row. Yeah, yeah, it'll be three. Yeah, three in a row. Gonzaga was top five when they played them. Actually, no, fifth, fifth top five game. They played Auburn twice. Yep. Gonzaga, Auburn, Baylor, Auburn, Kentucky. Where's Houston? I feel like Houston. Houston was Houston was like nine when we played them, and they're. I don't even know where they are right now. Houston's still playing well regardless of the injuries. So yeah, that's been an, that's been impressive to see from them. Right, like they, that's a yeah. They lost. Didn't they lose Sasser? Yeah, they lost Sasser, and they also lost. Um, gosh, it's not Jamal kid? Shed. It's uh, it's the other dude who like kicked over a chair. Okay. <laughs> that guy. I thought they lost Shed. I maybe, maybe it was they did Shed. Lose Shed. I'm pretty sure they did lose it was, Shed and Sasser. Okay, then yeah. I don't really remember. But either way, they're missing two big guys, and they're still playing really they're 19 and 2 all right and the american isn't like a pretty good basketball conference like all things considered it's high it's okay like it's it's not bad they're mid-majors better but but they're still playing well they're still playing well so and that's what alabama needs they, they yeah they needed they need, that win they needed that win alabama needs used to be playing well so. yes yeah. and they needed they needed the baylor win that they did big time massive and that juan gary said it felt like that they kind of Flipped a switch, or not necessarily flipped a switch. I forgot the exact word. Turned used. a corner. Turned a corner. Maybe that was it. And that I I truly think they did because even though like we can talk about Auburn for a little bit, like even though they lost, they got it as close as they could. Playing in Auburn Arena is so hard. It's hard when you shoot. The other team gets to shoot what uh, thirty thirty nine free throws. Which I mean, say what you will about that. It's college basketball, but like that's ridiculous. A lot of free throws. We also fouled a lot. I mean, maybe if we, we just did 17 foul. more free. Uh, okay. We had to play more aggressive than we normally would have. Yeah. But two things. One, I saw a very interesting thread, and it was about the amount of hand checking that Auburn gets away with. Uh, and that actually is interesting. I would like to see that. I I forget exactly who it's from. It's from one of the, like, I, their tweets have started popping up on my page more. But that, I don't know. Se- 17 free throws. They shot 17 more free throws than us. Yeah. I, like, that's a lot. Like wow. that's that clearly wasn't well, I mean it was almost the difference in the game in theory by math, but like <laughs> that was not the difference in the game. Um they No, just whether they shot, shot them the they were out. they were going to beat us regardless. Yeah. I mean it like even if nice. we foul less, they still win. Well, if we get called less. I, I think yeah. I think that you're the either the way, but and look, and when it boils down to it, Auburn has Probably the best player in college basketball in Jabari Smith. You're yes. not going to be able to touch Jabari Smith. Also, foul. You, have the, to protect, you have to protect your product if you're the referees, essentially. <laughs> Correct. A top three center as well. Yeah. And 
the best six man in the country. Also the best as rotation well. in the country. Or they they are so deep. It and is insane. Maybe the best arena. I mean, it's and maybe best atmosphere. <laughs> I was there, and that atmosphere was incredible. Absolutely insane. Like the the jungle has a great. Like they are always lively. There's, there's so much energy throughout mm. that whole place. It is crazy. I respect Auburn so I much. Respect I respect too. Auburn so much for what they've built there. And you know, Alabama fans love to fun suck what they've what Auburn's doing, but like let them have their fun. They're yeah. they've they've earned this. But they've built a very respectable basketball program. I admire it. Yeah, it's I it's admirable. Props it's okay to them. To, it's okay to hate them because they're a rival. Like no, I, I don't like it, but I, I respect it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's exactly how I feel. Yeah. Whenever it's us and whenever we get there with uh at least physically with the new arena wise. And we continue to build up to that um, with the recruiting classes we come in. Whenever we have that, like, yeah, we're going to flaunt it. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Just like I would expect them to. So Now, in that game, they're so deep, and it makes it so hard because you blink, and they have scored 10 points. And so in the second half, whenever Alabama came out and Javon Quinterly decided, I'm going to be that guy. And they cut it to two. And Shackelford was out of his mind, too. Just nailing everything he took. They cut it to two. And then you blink, and Auburn's up 11 again. And it's insane because there's so many weapons that they have. Because, like, Jabari would nail a wing three in transition because, of course, they're going to leave him open because they're trying to stop Katie Johnson from going downhill with as fast as he is. Or... Wendell Green makes some insane finish, and then they go down, and Kessler gets a block, and then they get another layup. And before you know it, you're, you would you're cut it to two, hole. and now you're in a hole. And once you're in a hole, the arena and how absolutely insane their fans are, that piles on top of it, and then it feels insurmountable. There's no escaping the jungle. No, there's not. Point. There's, there's no, not. Nothing you can do. It, they say fear the jungle. I do fear the jungle. It's yeah. terrifying. Uh, I yeah. am scared of the jungle. Alabama went from shooting 78.6 on two-pointers versus Baylor to 33.3 versus Auburn. That's what the best shot blocker and the best shot blocking duo in the country will do. Correct, sir. And it Quinterly really impressed me on that run that he went on because he was taking like tough, high-arcing layups and finishing them over Kessler. He Something at halftime, like he flipped a switch and he was like, I'm not going to be scared of him. And that was massive. Till the under 12. And like, what did you say? Till the under 12 timeout. Then Yeah, till the under 12 timeout, but that's back. not important. <laughs> Matthew, you were talking about how Baylor was a um, was like a turning point for JQ. Mm. I think it was. I, I really do believe that. I He looked fantastic in both games. He looked really good. And like we've been saying on here, he is the engine. Like, Alabama goes as he goes. And he's going to be so important going forward. Mm. But another thing that was really good was that three-point shooting. They finally shot well from beyond the arc. What did they make, 14? Do you have the stats, Jacob? Uh, we shot 37.8%. Uh, I don't know exactly how many we took, but I know it was that. So. That's good. That's, we need to see more of that. Yeah. I mean, we, we had the type of shooting game that we wanted. Unfortunately, Auburn also had it. Well, they, they shot 24% from three, but 58% overall from field, from the field, and we shot 35.7% from the field, which yeah. is not awesome. Whenever your field goal percentage is lower than your three-point percentage. Uh, that's not ideal. That's not great. But you can build on that. Because yeah. if they're hitting shots and if they if they decide that they want to hit shots going forward, then that's fine. Yeah. We went 14 for 37. I mean, we, 14 threes. Like, that's good. Yeah. Shaq hits 
five of those. Five or six. Yeah, I think five. Uh, he went five for and ten. And even then, like, Miles had a bad game. Miles had a bad game. I mean, JQ didn't have an all. Uh, he he had that run of, like, layups and stuff. Uh, he had some threes. He, yeah, he I think had he had couple. what, two. Let's see. With Jawan the, didn't have a good game. Jawan didn't have a great game. Uh, he, J.D. Davison did not have a good game. Oh, yeah, let's talk Tony about that. Tony numbers. Oh, it was really bad. He that was, was, just, he was, that was out, atrocious. He was just out there running. That's what it looked like on TV. You know the, you know the, uh, the Tony Snell stat line? Yeah, the zero. The zero, 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 zero. zero, zero. zero. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it felt. He was doing cardio out there. He got five assists, though. Did have five assists, and you know that's but still score the go downhill, JD. He's not aggressive enough. No, like he's I, not. And when he's aggressive, we beat really works. good teams. He was there was a stat that I saw that um that Katie Wyndham told me um and Katie said that when JD has double digits and Jawan Gary gets twenty five minutes, Alabama's undefeated. Jeez, and that's like that's telling. Those are two so really important it? players. JD gets double digits. JD double digits and Gary has twenty five minutes. Okay, I'm. Are you gonna like fact check me? No, I mean I believe it. I just want to like physically see, see it. See it for yourself. See yeah. which games that was. Yeah. Can you like on Sports Reference? Can you like filter like that or? I I was just gonna go to JD's game log, and then. Well, there there is there are some games where are you just gonna see where he went double digits and we. Yeah. One. Uh, twelve Louisiana Tech. 10, Oakland win. 13, uh, Miami. Miami, 20, yeah. Gonzaga. 10, Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, not double digits again until Missouri. On yeah, but, the road. but did Gary get 25 against Missouri? That was the thing. I was, let's see. I'll look that. I'll look it up right now. Right. Y'all are getting live research like right it now. It won't be that many games just simply because Jawan Gary tends to find himself in foul trouble a good amount. Yeah, all we have to do is look at uh, which games JD hit double digits and we lost and see if Gary got 25 minutes. Yeah. Which so, is what... Um, this is here we go. This year, twenty one, twenty two. See, so JD had double digits against Missouri, uh, Missouri again, and then Baylor. Gary played twenty four minutes against Missouri, not twenty five. So, so there you go. JD has double digits. Gary plays twenty five minutes. We win the game. It's a simple formula. Yeah, which do it this weekend, <laughs> please. We're gonna need somebody to rebound. Hopefully, it's Jawan Gary because I Oscar, hope it's Jawan Gary. Shibway is going to do oh. unholy things. I imagine he's a problem. He's, he's a, a, he's a but Chuck grew up a little bit in the second half. Yeah, I against did, Ke- I, he he, he, he play, held he his own better. against he, Kessler on the yeah, run that his, we went on. He played. He held his own. The he looked game. capable. The whole the whole second half. He he did better. Like, Hodgson definitely yelled in his face at halftime and oh, yeah. said to grow oh, yeah. up. He did better and. He is like about where he should be as far as like big man track of somebody that's not going to be like an instant one and done. Like for what he is, which he is very solid, he's probably going to take a giant leap in the next year. I mean, oh, I think he's going to be gro- really good. See what Kessler did when strength. he transferred. Yeah, like uh, just beef up. And I don't think he got enough time on Kessler campus before did. the season. I didn't even think about that. Kessler had a huge jump since last year. Like Kessler was buried on the North Carolina like, depth chart last year and didn't play a ton. Brady Manick from Oklahoma replaced Kessler. That's how like. Like, to say like that's Brain how Brain. little they thought of Kessler up until which is like, he got to Auburn. me and now look at him so. yeah I mean obviously he's, he's yeah he's made himself a lot of money this season yeah hopefully he's made himself enough money to get to leave the late first round yeah. would love for please Walker Kessler to leave speaking leave. of first round uh JD might be falling out of the first round I, and if he has a good whenever Maybe. he has seventeen Saturday 
It'll be the back thing in. is with, with JD, as athletic as he is, when it gets to that time for the draft, he's going to obliterate everything in the combine. He's going. Yeah. His athleticism is too tantalizing for NBA teams to like. ACT word tantalizing. Yeah, tantalizing. I like that. He. Yeah. But what if like, he he's just one of the most but athletic like, dudes. But but stay one more year, <laughs> please. I, JD, stay. Roster wise, I, and I know we've. There's a million scenarios. That no, we happen. don't like need need it, but right. Like, like I would if like he it. stayed, it would be nice because he could, in theory, play like tandem with Jaden Bradley and then Ryland Griffin. He'd start he could bring Bradley off the off the bench. Right, that'd be nice. Right, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is have yeah. him start and then Bradley come behind him um, and just have the depth there. Now, I I think somebody is going to take JD on upside of athleticism because like the things that he is a little bit lacking on can be taught. Like, you cannot teach the athleticism that dude has. Another thing you can't teach with J.D., you can't teach the vision and the passing. Yeah. Oh, he, he's he a great passer, which is great. I just hope we um, enjoy the last month and a half that we have with him. Yeah. Yeah. And some combination of... Actually, I'm going to say two months. I'm going to say two months. Please be playing in April. Two months from now <laughs> is April 3rd. It's the day before the national championship. <laughs> We're, if if we were playing in April, we will have beaten Auburn in, or they're region. in another bracket. I, I just know the committee. Every single mocked bracket that I've seen. Are like, we in their region and all ev- of them? Every single one. Oh, we're like we're we in are. the South and every single one. Alabama, Auburn, in the Sweet Sixteen. Is there a path to where we could maybe play Auburn two more times? Yes. There, oh, yeah. There, there definitely That's is. The thing. Like imagine the, having to do that and how awful I, that would. I be. I would like to not do that. Can we still split the season series? Yes. <laughs> Here's the thing. No if we way, were to play them dog. again in the SEC tournament and we beat them in March slash April, there's one of the four then games it's two that to matter. two. Well, no, no, I was saying, like, even if we lose in the SEC championship, or in theory to them, SEC tournament, and we beat them in March oh, and so April, you're saying that's all that matters. So you're saying if we play them in the SEC championship and lose, but then end up as, like, a four seed or a five seed and play them in the Sweet 16 and win... Oh yeah, that would be hilarious. That would be, be so amazing. funny. Yeah, like I, there's nothing I want more than that now. That would be fantastic. That would be beautiful, and that would be the only one that would matter. You're right. Yeah, it would. It would be a shame for the whole um, you're the best team in school history losing in the Sweet Sixteen jokes to to, to, to suddenly be around. Oh, wow. To Ooh. suddenly just wow flip the other way. And this is obviously just a crazy scenario that could possibly happen. But if that did happen, the amount of momentum Alabama would get from that as as a program, like your in-state rival is number one in the country right now. They have the best player in the country. And then you beat them in March. That's going to take so much momentum away from Auburn. No, there's so much more basketball to be played until then. Of course. Primarily, Kentucky. Exactly. Beat Kentucky. Sheboy. How do we? How do they stop Sheboy? They can't. I, I moving really on. Don't know how we can. <laughs> I, we it, match up well with them guard wise. Yeah. Savir Wheeler and Ty Ty Washington are good, but like Javon Quinterly and Jaden Shackford might be better. Is Ty Ty back? He is, isn't he? Is he back? I think he's back. I, he's only missed one game. I don't. I think he's back. I'm sure he'll be back. Uh, also, if Shaden Sharp plays, I'm gonna be very upset. I would not be shocked. Uh, also. Yeah, sh- uh, Ty Ty's back. He played 19 minutes against Vandy at seven points. Cool. Okay. So yeah, he's back in some capacity. Okay. Um, I also have Severe Wheeler too. I forgot about Severe. I said Severe. You did. Yeah. Oh, my bad. Well, 
You don't listen to me. It's I okay. was looking at. You say a lot of things. Start to listen to it all. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but if Shaden Sharp comes back, or comes for the first time, for those of you who don't know, Shaden Sharp was the number one overall player in the 2022 class, reclassified to 2021, and enrolled over the break, over the Christmas break, to Kentucky. And so, there are rumors that he may make his season debut here in the next couple games. I hope he does not play. I would not like to play Shaden Sharp. Really hope it's not against us. But also, if he does, like he might be rusty. That's what I was gonna. I was gonna. Like, it's hard to adjust like, to the college game. It is. It's a, you've seen that with J.D. Davis, and it's such yeah, a sure. hard. It's such a hard adjustment, and to just throw him into the. Fire and he's a year younger against a really good team like Alabama. And yeah. Let's not get that twisted. Alabama is still a really good team. Absolutely, there are some Alabama yeah. fans that will lose sight of that. But Alabama is a really good basketball team. team. You throw him again against Alabama, it's going to probably be pretty hard for him. He's it's also like eighteen. He he's young. He's eighteen. Yeah, he yeah. was born in May of two thousand three. Like, oh my gosh, he's so a young weird. kid. I'm almost oh. three years older than him. <laughs> yeah, like he is. He's young, and so the physicality. Like if you throw like a twenty one or 22 year old Keon Ellis on him like he's not gonna like that and so I'm not too worried about him what I am worried about is Kellen Grady making 16 threes you gotta close out on that man and we have done a poor job of closing out most of the season Mm -hmm. like I I can just imagine teams hit threes on us like teams that shouldn't hit threes on us hit threes on us Missouri Georgia because we don't close out like the last end of the second possession is good ball movement around severe wheeler like goes to drive stops kicks out Kellen Grady three like that will that, happen that like three to four terrible times. yeah and it, it just will happen but I think they can do something about it. like I think they can stop it enough our guard our defense on guards has been better and it's best whenever Keon is on the lead point guard so I think Keon will take severe wheeler uh, or Ty Ty whoever ends up bringing the ball up most of the time but also. Uh, from last year's matchup against Georgia with Severe, I believe... He was good. He was very good. He played he had, very well. So did KD. Yeah, KD had 24. Because Xavier Wheeler and KD Johnson were both on Georgia's team last year. How was Georgia And Tom Crane did nothing with it. And they let them both go. Uh, yeah. But Keon took on Severe or KD. I know that like whenever he would come in uh, and sort of start, that was his... It's his role is to guard the point guard, and he does well. So... We've seen a lot of good things defensively. I think the limiting of uh, Mr. Mayer from Baylor helps like to know that we can do that on a good three-point shooter like Kellen Graded and a right. can close out. I think you're right. Yeah, so I think they can. I think they can. I think they have to get up for the game. And what will they will. be ranked five. So. It's a top five game. You know they're going to play hard. <laughs> a number next to that At name. home, too. Yeah. Uh, Coleman's going to be rocking again, and I'm really excited for it. And I think that because it's in Coleman, they have a really good shot. And even, disclaimer, like even if they don't win, that Alabama still still just went one and two in that really difficult stretch and everything is still in front of them. Because if you look at the schedule, a loss, people would would probably panic at a loss because people were semi-panicking at the loss to Auburn, which I don't really understand because that was so expected. Like you should expect to lose that game. If Alabama loses to Kentucky, they're fourteen and nine, four and six in the SEC, which sounds bad. But then you have Ole Miss on the road, winnable game. Yep. You have Arkansas and Mississippi State at both at home, winnable games and good teams. Then you go to Kentucky, you can chalk that up as a loss. Then you go to Vandy, South Carolina at home, Texas A&M at home. There's a lot of home games left and a lot of home games against winnable teams. 
beatable teams, excuse me. And so there's so much that this team still has left that they can't accomplish. And even then, you know this team is good because look at their wins. A loss to Auburn does not make this team incapable just because they went and lost on the road to the best team in the country, even though it may sting a little bit. And so I think that they have a pretty good shot to beat Kentucky. Now, it's going to be a tall task, just like Baylor was. Yeah. But I I think it's very possible. Yeah. And this would be, would this be three straight wins over Kentucky or would it be four? It would be three. It would be three. Yeah. But last year than now. It would be three straight also in Coleman. That's also true. Yes. Kentucky has not won inside Coleman Coliseum since 2018. We defend Coleman really, really well. Yeah, we have one loss since December of 2020 in Coleman. Uh, two, now with Auburn, in well, Western Kentucky. I was talking since the Western Kentucky game. Okay, so yeah, since since that game, they've lost one game inside Coleman, and it was to Auburn. Just like to they, the deepest team in college basketball. They play history. really, really well. Yeah. inside Coleman, which is great. If they had just, they would be in such a better position if they could just, just beat in Georgia and Missouri. It's so frustrating, but. Like again, everything's in front of them. Yeah. Now I don't know if they're gonna end up with like the double buy in the SEC tournament. No, but no. I mean it's still possible. It's possible. What? Where's the SEC at? Uh, they are. They're two games out of the four, four seed. Okay. So with Mississippi State and so we play everybody on the schedule. Everybody in the like standings table ahead of us besides Auburn and Tennessee. Tennessee will drop. I don't have a lot of faith. Yeah, in Tennessee Alabama still has games against A and M. They play LSU again. Yeah. They play State again. They don't play Tennessee, but they have the head to head, and they play Arkansas. Yeah, and two against and Kentucky. that's everybody ahead of them. So, getting to that and four two against Kentucky. Yeah, that too. I think they can get to the four. I'd like but to even if they the don't, three. like they can easily. I, I think a realistic goal for this team should be make it to the SEC semifinals. Maybe SEC championship. I think SEC, making it to the SEC championship is a realistic goal. I do too. Yeah. And Sweet Sixteen. Yeah. You can be a second. This this can be a second weekend team. De- and if they can take care of business in this latter half of the schedule, they'll they'll end up as like a five or a six seed, which is really good. Yeah. Once you get to March, it's a whole new year. Whole new year. Yep. Everybody's got numbers next to their name. So. Exactly. So they're undefeated, yeah. winning the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So let's go around. I want two things. I want a prediction for the Kentucky game, and I want your what you would prefer the name to be of the new arena. Uh, so prediction for Kentucky. Score uh, prediction, I mean. Score prediction. 86-81, Bama. Uh, I like that. And... Like I think Ratliff Arena would be really cool. You stole that. I, I mean, I, I think everybody said it. I tweeted yeah. that today, but whatever. I mean, I think everybody's tweeted it from last, last year. year. Matthew, <laughs> hmm, I'm gonna go seventy-eight, seventy-four, Bama. And as far as Matthew's the, picking Bama, I finally, what? I picked Bama. No way. Now we're gonna lose. Oh man. <laughs> if we lose, it's Matthew's fault. Yeah. Um, and as far as names, I, w- I don't know. I'd like to see it be named after C.M. Newton. I appreciate what C.M. Newton did while he was The C.M. Newton Center. Yeah, the C.M. Newton Center. I can see that. 
We could play the Sam like Newton that. Classic in the Sam Newton Center. That's meta. That is meta. Wow. My prediction, I uh, I put this in the uh, Crimson Crossover preview that I wrote today. Alabama 81, Kentucky 78. Uh, it's going to be really close, and it's going to be very high energy. Uh, for the name, I like CM Newton Center. Um, I'm going to go Avery Johnson Fieldhouse. Awesome. <laughs> let's, let's get some more wrong answers going. Let's get some more wrong answers going. Some more wrong answers. Um, Dante Hall. <laughs> <laughs> Shannon Hale Coliseum. Yeah. Carl Engstrom Event Center. I saw that one on Twitter today. <laughs> the Jaden Shack. The Jaden What? Shack. <laughs> the sh- <laughs> That's good. Auburn fans have been calling it the barn, which I, I think that's a really good troll. I'm Run not gonna lie. Run with that it. is a good troll. I like that. The barn. Run with it. That's like I. It looks like a. Like, I mean, the renders look like barn. a barn. Yeah. Meet me at the barn. I'll it, run with that. I don't care. It falls after that design of Lucas Oil and uh, the Rangers' new stadium in Fort Worth, where it's just it. It's just a big barn, except ours looks better than the Rangers' stadium. Um, Juwan Gary. That's the name of the arena. Jawan Gary, Jawan Garina, Jawan Gary Gymnasium, Gary Gymnasium, Ben Eblen Arena, huh? Ben Eblen, the Sanderson Center, the oh. Sanderson Center. Wait, that's actually fire. Wait, that's actually good. That good. Kind of cool. The Sanderson Center, Bola Olanian Arena, Gottfried Gym, Lawson Schaefer Court, at. Avery Johnson Jr. Arena. I think we should name each of the baselines. <laughs> name the baselines? Name, like, cross-sections of the court. Arby's Arena. Uh, okay. We need an Arby's but in the arena. Before we close the episode out, we have to talk about how the potential location, one of them, is Butler Field, which is the band practice field. and It's what, probably not going to be there, but they said it could be. And what is next to Butler Field? Arby's. Arby's. So Arby's. either A, Alabama basketball is forever... Built on Arby's. Literally built on Arby's, the program. Or it's the first thing you see when you walk out. Which would be incredible. I would love a corporate Arby's sponsor, either for the podcast or in the arena. Sponsor us, Arby's. Sponsor us, Arby's, please. If any of you out there listening work for Arby's, sponsor us. We have the meat. (laughs) (laughs) I will read an Arby's script. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we need an Arby's in the new arena. 100%. Arby's arena. Arby's Arena. What it really should be is Anthony Grant Arena presented by the NIT. <laughs> Shout out to the 12 Auburn fans chanting NIT. NIT. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to the NIT. Okay. All right. It's not going to happen. But yeah, any, any other any other arena names? Uh, I mean, there the replies to Matt Landry's tweet were excellent. I'm actually looking them up right now. I want to read them out. I don't Matthew, I think you said the one that was the house that Retina Bassahan built. Yeah, the, house the house that, that Retina built. built. Oh, Tyler Barn. <laughs> Tyler Barn. Just make it singular. Um, let's see. Whoa, Namari Barnett. Uh, y'all want some more live reactions? The uh, somebody, Center. somebody from On Three just tweeted: "Breaking Brian Harson's immediate future at Auburn is in question." Oh, I, oh, I nice. like him there. He should stay. I think he should stay too. I, I really do. Think I he do should think should he stay. should stay. You know, he's got a good Scientologist base down there. He's doing good work. Let's see. Uh, t- Taco Casa Place. Here we are. 
the Golden Flake Fieldhouse. Good. I'm not gonna lie. After we lost to Auburn, I just devoured ten tacos from Taco Casa, and that was. <laughs> I that saw was that on your story. <laughs> the that James was. Rojas Rotunda. Rotunda. <laughs> Rotunda. <laughs> That's good. Oh, these are going to be such good hard hat material. For the Brandon day. Miller building. The Pete Golding Arena presented by Miller Lite. No, that's too soon. Wow. Too soon. I do like Wendell Hudson Arena. I, I love Wendell Hudson. Oh, if we named it after Hudson, that'd be really cool. Yeah, that'd be really w- sick, Wendell actually. Hudson Fieldhouse. I feel like we're going to end up Hudson calling it Fieldhouse. Hudson Fieldhouse. If we call it, it looks like a Fieldhouse. It does. It, I ca- Calling it a Fieldhouse is really cool. I think it's very alpha. It is alpha. Like calling your arena a field, and also it has the window. If it has yeah. a window, I feel like you call it a field house. Exactly. I also think it establishes Alabama as the new basketball state, taking over from Indiana. I think it's very <laughs> symbolic. Terrence very Ferguson symbolic. Forum. No. Shout out to Brian Moss for that one. Good. That's good actually job, so good. Terrence Ferguson Forum. The Greg Barn. The Greg Barn. Sorry, Barn is really easy to to name pun here, so we're just spitballing. Riley Norris Fieldhouse. That's great. Love it. All right, I think that's going to do it for for this episode. I think so. You think we think we've done enough names? I think I we think could so. sit here and probably do another thirty. Yeah, we definitely could. Yeah, but we're gonna not make y'all listen to all of that. So yeah, that's gonna be it. We'll see you guys next time. Beat Kentucky. Roll Man, Tide. Roll, roll tide. tide. Menu out.